Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Season 1, Episode 4 of Six Feet Under, Familia is over, but we're just getting started here on Post Show Recaps, that's right, it's the Six Feet Under podcast where we are revisiting their critically acclaimed HBO series, episode by episode. Uh, My name is Ariel, and today we're discussing Season 1, Episode 4, like I said, please pay attention. I am joined here by my co-host, Dr. Amanda uh we're all more fragile than we let on aren't we dr nana isn't isn't that isn't that true um i was just thinking about peach cobbler mmm peach cobbler yum <laughs> yum <laughs> that yum that yes. yum killed me <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're gonna talk about this very bitchin episode of six feet <laughs> under um I, for, nobody could see that but ariel was doing these lovely hand motions while he was introducing. <laughs> i did do like a rainbow it was like, yeah claimed it was reading beautiful. rainbow um, Yes. And uh, so, yeah, episode four, Familia, as I said, 
don't miss any of the familia. You want to be part of our familia, right? So please subscribe, pusherrecaps.com slash six feet under for your podcast catchers. You can search six feet under pusher recaps. And um and if you're subscribed, then the episode will automatically download to your phone. So if we accidentally post an episode with a lot of bloopers in it and mistakes that we didn't edit out, then you will have that before we have the opportunity to go in and fix it. So that's why you definitely want to be subscribed if you want to hear Ariel and I sound like dummies. That's what you want. Isn't that mm-hmm. part of the experience? And if you're, listen, if you've got the ad-free experience, that's even better because you've got no ads and only tomfoolery. So that's, yeah. that's great for you uh but yes this episode written by lawrence andres andres uh directed by lisa cholodenko mm-hmm. i guess right before we do our quick plot recap amanda what did you think what did you think of all this bitchin family talk um this episode and a lot of six feet under revisiting it it feels very much like a time capsule of the early aughts but like especially when you know these prestige shows were delving into racial and social issues um there definitely is that dimension that feels very much like we're looking at it through a very dated lens so obviously we have this culture clash between um the um between the uh Bolin family and um and this you know and his gang involvement with the Fishers we're also going to have more of like David's internalized homophobia so this like felt very I think that this episode aired in June of 2001 um and it definitely feels very 2001 um But I, you know, this was an episode, I have to say, there's a couple of scenes from this episode that live rent free in in my head. And the second I saw Brenda walk in for dinner, I was like, oh, it's this episode. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I had forgotten about a couple of things Mm. that uh, that happened uh, before, certainly pre-meal. Mm-hmm. But there yeah. was a meal before, before <laughs> the meal. There was an amuse bouche. Oh, Brenda no. was very amused. <laughs> yes, Ruth was not amused. No, <laughs> she was not. But uh, yeah, let's let's get into some some nitty gritty details with our our plot recap. So our, as we already alluded to, our death of the week is uh, Manuel Paco Bolin. And as a result of uh, gang-related violence, and, you know, he has, he tries to get to the phone. It's very, like, nightmarish, like, mm-hmm. just get to the phone booth in the middle of nowhere. And, and I mean, like, literally nightmarish, but also, like, metaphorically nightmarish. Anyway. Yeah, and they evoke, like, scream and boys in the hood. Like, it feels yes. very cinematic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's uh, what they're going for. And I was hoping it would go somewhere else. It's six feet under. Uh, so Frederico comes to the rescue once again when David incorrectly assumes that he's Mexican. This is awful, awful. Look for like, just ask a question. Uh, and asks his help for uh, speaking to the family specifically. Fisher and Sons really needs the business under the looming threat of the large Kroner uh, international takeover potentially across the street. Uh, although it did burn, so yes, points, points for for uh, for at least holding them off for a little bit. Nate and Brenda are questioned about their roles in the fire, possible roles, alleged roles, and admit to having spent the hour wrapped around one another. <laughs> 
which isn't the only time this episode they'll be caught engaged in a sexual act. Oh no, a tease. All eyes are on Claire, though, given her recent erratic behavior. Nate attempts to get Claire to open up, but is only met with sarcasm. <laughs> oh my god, is, is it me or is it a mirror? And eventually the police uh, rule that the fire was started by quote-unquote unknown causes. Indeed. David is confronted with his self-loathing when a homophobic slur is thrown at him and Keith. Keith uh, moves to confront the ignorant man while David says it's not a big deal. I feel like there's a happy medium. David is then haunted by the ghost of uh, Manuel uh, about running and hiding from who he really is. And uh, in a very dextery moment for David, that's actually true. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, he snaps on the Croner crony, Mr. Gilardi, after Gilardi threatens to come after Fisher and Sons. And honestly, this isn't the first time he's done it, so he had it coming. Later, David feels comfortable being out in public with Keith, and, uh, you know, they ask at the bowling alley if they're together. It's like, yes. And apparently, David's like a really good bowler, which. Yeah, I... he was like all state Christian league champion when he was 17. Mm hmm. Yes, Young Men's Christian Association, perhaps. Uh, later, David feels uh, comfortable. I said that already. Yes, we love to see Dave. I love the little notes from Jess. We love to see David be himself. Ruth becomes an investor in Fisher and Sons to solve their cash flow issues. It seems like she has decided that investing $93,000 in her son's business is better than losing $12,000 at the I think it was $25,000 area. Wow, that's... That Ruth it, is because of inflation. Money because of inflation. Like it was twelve thousand last week. This week it's twenty five. That's crazy. Out of control. Out of control. Nate uh, seems to be suspicious about Brenda because they still don't know who set the fire, and he's looking at all these candles. And Brenda has way too many candles. This is where I want to start. If you if you are dating somebody who has this many candles, run, run. No human being. Run across needs the street and start a fire. <laughs> Run across the street and hide in the abandoned house. It's the only place you can be safe. No, no, no stable, well-adjusted human being has that many candles. Like you can have like, you can have like a dozen candles, but Brenda had like hundreds of candles. Even, even half of this many candles in one no. room would be kind of alarming. And she like lit those candles and was just like waiting there sexily on the bed. Like this is a trap, Nate. It's a trap. <laughs> I did think, though, my first initial thought when I saw all the candles was like, one, how long did it take to light all these exactly. glam candles? Exactly. And two, it must be so hot in that room. No, this is <laughs> where your mind has to go because, like, this is somebody, like, she's she's placing the candles. She's going around the room. She's probably, like, I don't know if she has a lighter, like, or a matches. I would hope that she that's has, yeah, at least, like, stick the lighter. You stick would lighter. That's that's what you need. That's the yeah, tool right. for this job. One, uh, yeah. Because the little one, she's burning her her thumb there. If she's Classic. lighting all those candles. Um, This is, like, that's, like, at least, like, a 40-minute commitment of, like, arranging those candles and lighting them. And then you have to, like, arrange yourself in the sexy pose in the middle of the bed and just wait. <laughs> and you can't, like, move around. Because if somebody no. if somebody walks in to your sexy candle lair and you were like up like getting 
like a sandwich. That's like yeah. you've defeated the whole purpose. You have to wait in the middle of the bed. I know. If the prosciutto like falls out of the sandwich, like onto your lap, there's nothing more no. than that. You've wasted the all of those candles. She wasn't even reading a book. Like she's just <laughs> sitting there like a psycho. Which like, book waiting. would she which book should she have? Been I don't know. <laughs> Had to pretend to be a normal person. Her, her psych textbook. I don't know, Brenda. <laughs> Too many candles. This is a lot of candles. And uh, Nate takes it very literally in the sense of he's like, oh, my God, candles, fire, fire. (laughs) He's so concerned. And, you know, the one scene that we did get, speaking of fire, is um, Ruth at the end of the episode asking Claire, Mm -hmm. did you start the fire? And Claire is finally like, no, Christ, like, I didn't do that. You're the Billy Joel. We didn't start the fire. Um, (laughs) I, I believed Claire now, and I famously don't remember what actually happened yes, in this same show. Year. <laughs> and 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 now that we had like we know that the um that like law enforcement kind of drops the case, like it's possible that they don't actually definitively resolve this, like mm-hmm. which would be fine. But I found Claire like very believable here when she tells her mom that she did not start the fire. No, absolutely. I think we we know Claire well enough that we, even though we don't remember what happened, like steal we... a severed foot, yes, yes. smoke crystal meth, like yes, yes. yes. And but she and she gonna, owns those like... things. She owns those things. Mm-hmm, At the end of the exactly. day, even if it takes her a while, she. She wanted to feel like things were burning a little brighter, but I don't think, in fact, she wanted no. to see the house burn a little brighter. So I she didn't need to light that fire. She was on meth. It was, was already not. burning bright. The fire was inside her. There yes, was no, there was no meth. Um, yeah. So the 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 candles have have got to go. Would you? Are you a? Let me ask you. Are you a, a lavender bath salts person? Wait, wait not bath salt. Ba- bath salt. <laughs> yeah, bath salt. salt. Let's so meth, bath salt. <laughs> Let's go down the list. Um, this is the like logical uh, uh, spectrum of transition from from bath exactly. scrubs to crystal meth. It's it's delicious, Ariel. It's delicious. <laughs> The lavender bath, bath bot. What was it? It was a bath scrub. Bath scrub, I believe. And uh-huh, it was delicious. Uh-huh. And she's like, and Brenda's like, she wasn't supposed to eat it. <laughs> Between that and the her little yum at that dinner with the yum, family, I yum. I can't with her. Let's oh, let's, yeah, yeah, let's yeah. rein it in. Let's rein it in and do some. Um, should we let's do some death watch? Let's see. Yeah. Should we start with Paco? Because that's what the episode starts with. Paco slash yeah. Manuel. Um, Ariel, how do you feel like the show handles this? Like this this whole issue of um. I mean, so obviously Paco becomes this like very important um like representation to david as he's like working out his own inner conflict the paco and manuel inside of him fighting um there's also this like other kind of superimposed on this this issue of you know david's ignorance about um about frederico uh his like stereotyping about like you know latino people being involved in gangs like how do you feel like the show handled this whole plot line i think it was you know to your point earlier it it does feel a little bit dated like we're we're really looking at it through the lens of of the particular time but i think to its credit it's very um it sits with and 
it sits with like all the uncomfortable different sides of it and it like really wants to uh have these characters especially like the david character you know faint praise he literally doesn't even know not only does he just assume that frederico's mexican but he just didn't know that he was puerto rican it's like both things are equally wrong um but the show i think wants to it's doing something interesting with how david is able to use paco as this like lens speaking of lens to like look at himself Mm -hmm. and i love the way that the at the end of the day, the message is more about like how family and this is probably like a little rose colored mm-hmm. glasses, but like family is family. I mean, the yeah. the, the episode is literally just called family, but like mm-hmm. the way that they all come together, the gang, the parents mm-hmm. of Paco and then the Fisher family, including Ruth, most importantly to me. And they come together in that in that prayer circle. And, right. you know, they're there for each other. And it just is very much like a moment of of love and appreciation for this person's life and like appreciation for Fisher and sons for even having the funeral, because it Mm -hmm. seems like a lot of places didn't want to have it because of the gang affiliation. And I think it's, it's really sweet. Like the Fisher family is still in mourning. We're only on episode four. Mm -hmm. And like the idea that they are being helped in small step ways along the way with their own grief through the grief of all these people coming through Fisher and Mm -hmm. sons every day, every week, I think is, is really sweet. So yeah, some of the stuff I was like, okay, this is it. Well, not all of it was bitching, but yes. you know, it was it was uh, it ended it ended in a place that I liked. Yeah, yeah, and I think it symbolizes to David that there is a possibility that the two parts of his life that he's been fighting so hard to keep separate his life with Keith, like mm-hmm. living as a gay man, and his like family life that he could bring those together. So I thought that like that was you know, very powerful and like the ending, you know, sort of underlining that, you know, like along the way, David saying things like, oh, like I'm surprised, like I was expecting to see like gunfire and, you know, like. Yeah, it's not great. It was not not great. (laughs) um, I didn't love that. Although there was uh, the scene where he's trying to convince Frederico to come and help talk to the family. Uh, and David says, like, but like, like, are, are we going to be able to do it? We're so white. And it's like, yes, David, you were literally like the white, your your complexion could not be whiter. We've talked about how translucent the Fisher family is like, in a very uh-huh. literal way. Yeah, I think so, it's Paco so who was like, are you, do you ever get in the sun or something like that? Like somebody asked him about the sunlight and I'm like, no, keep him out of the sun, please. They are very like vampiric. He needs SPF 77, I Mm -hmm. think at least. Um, yeah, so I, this was another thing with the, with the Paco Manuel character. Like obviously we see throughout the episode, um, Paco's ghost or, you know, the, um, David's, uh, vision of him. Mm -hmm. Um, this is, the first ghost that we see aside from Nathaniel Fisher Sr. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize. I've been so used to seeing Nathaniel Sr. wearing his like makeup and masks. No, I'm mm-hmm. just kidding. This is, this is, it's really interesting to see. I, I did feel it through that. Even though I didn't realize it was the first one, I thought there was like maybe had been previous ones. You do notice that the way that the the way that the ghost is like reflecting back parts of mm-hmm. David in this case, it feels very much like 
the the role that Nathaniel Senior has played in his interactions. So mm -hmm. I think it's it yeah. is interesting and it's thematically resonant to continue to have it that way, except like now you can change the lens a little bit and like the way that the ghost communicates because of its like life experience. Yeah, yeah. Like we've been tracking how the show uses the surrealistic element to kind of reinforce or like underline the inner lives of the characters, which I think is fantastic. Like Claire's little singy dancy dream sequence in the last episode, and obviously the Nate Fisher senior scenes. But now this is the first time where a character is projecting their inner conflicts onto one of the dead bodies that they're, mm -hmm. you know, that they're preparing. Um, and I think that this is really fascinating because it opens up like a lot of possibilities for the future. And it's, again, this idea that like when somebody dies, the only thing you have of them is like what you project onto. Like you have to imagine like, what would my dad think about this thing? Or how yeah. would he react to this change in my life? And like now with these dead bodies that come through the Fisher's uh, funeral home like they don't know anything about these like they have these details about these people and like David knows that this is somebody who was involved in gangs and came from this kind of family and like he's imagining like this is so poignant for David because this like this gang violence is like a symbol is a symbol of like a tough guy right who like mm -hmm. doesn't take any shit and we know that David take lots takes lots and lots of shit like it's like mm -hmm. david is the opposite From of himself what, included right of whatever this like tough guy version that he imagines that paco would be um but then he also very much gets this picture that this was a sweet little boy who was part of the family like at age 20 he's like really still very much a kid and so yeah. this is like very evocative to david and he of course projects what he's going through in his life which is like still kind of dealing with you know being closeted and maybe like self-loathing in some ways and of course the interaction that he and keith have in the parking lot is symbolic of that and like you said like you know maybe there's a happy medium between saying oh yes thank you please do continue to hurl like slurs at me mm -hmm. and maybe there's something between that reaction and then actually becoming like off-duty cop raging out and physically threatening somebody in a parking lot yeah the, i the, the whole like yeah report me i dare you i'm like oh you know i and to be clear, obviously, like the the rage of the uh, like casual injustice of this interaction is felt right, like mm -hmm. by certainly by me. But then to jump to and, you know, Keith does say later, like, you have no idea the kind of stuff I put up with at work. Yeah. You know, the 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 writing on my locker, the comments, the wondering if people are even going to show up when I need yeah. backup. Like, that's like very real and, and traumatic. Like, I can't imagine. But then to like, it's unfortunate that that then leads to him like channeling that energy in this like very toxic explosive way mm -hmm. um again while understandable and human is certainly not the answer and while that guy probably uh no i mean he probably didn't learn his lesson because the kind of person that like says that kind of thing or i don't like right that easily right. but he perhaps will think twice before expressing it that's like the next best thing <laughs> keep mm -hmm. your keep your awful feel uh complicated 
and wrong uh, feelings about the world to yourself. But um, yeah, this this idea of it, it was really interesting to get that part of it from Keith because we're learning all this stuff about David, but then we have to like wait for the pieces of of Keith that he is like revealing to David or like kind of reinforcing to David and they already know each other. So it's like, it's an interesting dynamic to, to, to parse, but I really like the way that Dave, that, uh, that David is challenged by Keith and he's like, listen, mm -hmm. I, I know, I, I know where you are. I've been there, right? Like there is a, a, um, not a, hi a hierarchy is the wrong word, but there is like, like a, a developmental, a developmental process. Yeah. Yes, process. And there's like a spectrum along like the coming out process of he's able to say to David, like, listen, I totally get it. Like, I know where you are and that's great for you. I love you and I will support you. But like, I am not going mm -hmm. to step back. I am not going to take steps backwards in along that development spectrum. And I, I need you to like, meet me closer to where I am while also, you know, being sensitive to David. Like, I think it's a, it's a very honest and realistic, you know, portrait of this, of this gay relationship, because that's what happens. People come out at different times and it's just like, yeah. not mess. It's, it's messy. And obviously David is so much more repressed. I guess they have that, like, Keith isn't, I wouldn't call Keith repressed, but I would say like Keith deals with a lot of issues, certainly at work and like mm -hmm. talks about his masculinity and like, they don't even get into it. But like, you know, as a black man, there's like, mm -hmm. you know, all these other layers to it. And David is just like more classically uh, cushiony, uh, cushion repressed. <laughs> right, right, right. Like have his life and do whatever he wants, but also like still be in the closet. Um, and not everyone else has that luxury. So I do appreciate the 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 like very, very nuanced complications in their relationship and that they ultimately seem to continue to find each other. Yeah. Yeah. This was like a I think that this was a good episode for their relationship. Like, I mean, they definitely when he when when Keith, I was watching with my husband and when Keith goes and chases down the guy in the parking lot and like threatens him and says that he's a cop, Nate was like my the, Nate, my husband. My husband's name is also Nate. <laughs> oh my um, god! Do you have the tattoo on your back? Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> but it's a that's a different name. That's, that's like a it's a totally name. different name. Oh my god! There I are four. <laughs> um, but he said, like, what is like, like, what it, like, what is he doing? Like, he's a cop. He doesn't want to like get mixed up and like. And I was like, oh yes, as we all know, reasonable <laughs> off-duty cops are never going to like become ag aggressive and, um, it's. But it like this does seem to push David a little bit further down that road where he and Keith can start to like maybe live more openly. And obviously, you know, it's part partially through his like dialogues with Paco, like when Paco, you know, or the, you know, David's internalized version of Paco tells him, you know what, he didn't just let like he didn't just slander Keith, he did to you too. He called mm -hmm. you this too. Um and we joked about it, but like the word like bitch just gets thrown around in this episode like a you whole know lot. a whole lot by lots of different characters. And this idea of like, you know, like don't be a bitch or like mm -hmm. are you 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 think you're a bad bitch but you're not a bitch. <laughs> like there's a lot <laughs> Um, there all of the different meanings of the word of the word bitch kind yeah. of go through, but it does like evoke this very like um 
you know, it's, there's a little bit of, of David, like while it is growth, I think by the end, he's like, he's like playing tough guy in this way with, uh, uh, Gilardi, which is like, probably, you know, this is a target that does deserve it, but it's like, it's kind of like this, the, there's a subtext of like, you got to be tough and you can't let people push you around. Yeah. It, the, the toughness is what equates to, uh, you know, success in a situation, power in a dynamic. And, um, you know, again, like you said, Gilardi deserves it, but like, I don't, we, we don't want David to like learn the wrong lesson kind of. Right. Um, right. And I think he, again, at the end, when they're at the bowling place, he's very clearly ready to go. He's like, ah, I know how this is going to go. <laughs> yes. We're gay. And what? It's like, okay, come yeah. down, 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 put it away. Put it yeah. away. Like, <laughs> yeah. We were just like, we just wanted to know if you were using this right. lane. Like, it's like, no, but are you like playing in the same lane? Cool. 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 Sorry. Sorry. I asked. Don't pull out the badge, Keith. Um, no, in this case, it's it's David who needs it. Do you think I, Keith is going to get him his own little badge? Should he take him? Like- oh yeah, badge that says All State Champion for the Youth Christ Bowling League. His kick out when you I don't know what it's called, but like the oh, cross yeah. leg when you like kick out. Very the good leg, form. Yeah, I could never. Literally, <laughs> I have gotten a turkey before several times. Mm. You know the three strikes, but well, this Thanksgiving is coming up. <laughs> We're very seasonal. We're very mm-hmm. topical. <laughs> hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Speaking of family meals, Ariel, <laughs> there is a great family meal scene in uh-huh. this episode of... 
Let's talk about Brenda coming over for dinner at the Fishers. And showing up an hour early, like oh some God. kind of serial killer wow. arsonist. I yes. do not <laughs> understand. This do is do not show awful. up an hour early to somebody's house. Not that on purpose. Really, yeah. Sometimes, you know, it's like by accident or like there was nowhere else to go. But like go to the star. I don't know. Yeah. Like go. It, it's so much stress. Like I can't even imagine the like I would be so busy worrying about what the other person who I was visiting was thinking that I showed up this early. Uh, but and again, this, we see Brenda. Yeah. She's like, I don't care. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a power move here. It really does feel like a pa- it's like everything is like a mind f with her. And it's like this is also a kind of like high stakes dinner. It's like when you're this is a meeting of your new like your new significant other's family. Like yeah. that's that's where you don't want to like mess with these expectations. You don't want to be showing up an hour early. Um but of course, you know, Brenda, Brenda loves to catch people off guard, keep them on their toes. <laughs> She's already, I guess she's probably thinking, I already met them at their worst at the hospital. You know, mm-hmm. never forget the classic line, cooking class. Cooking <laughs> when, class. when Ruth asked where her and they had met. Um, so, you know, on some levels, she feels like she has power. And to that point, it's very clear that she just underestimates the whole family, right? Like she has an idea of, Nate in her head, certainly, but a, like kind of an idea of this fragile matriarch in Ruth, who she mm-hmm. saw at like her moment of weakness. And she knows a little bit about like Claire and how they're all worried. Claire set the place on fire and the whole foot thing. So like she, you can just see the wheels turning at the idea that like she has, she has all their numbers, so to speak. She has read, she has read all the chapter, all their respective chapters in her psych textbook. Mm-hmm. And even when she walks in, she's just like looking around the house and very clearly like not just taking everything in, but like assigning value judgment to like everything that she sees. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes me wonder like, what is her goal with this? Like, what does she want? Does she want to impress Ruth? Like, does she want to, to get the approval of Nate's family or is she like trying to lean into like I'm this like crazy wild card who's going to steal your precious son like I mean what is her game here like is she trying to be ingratiating or is she trying to be alienating I feel like Brenda in her heart of hearts she wants to be she wants to be ingratiated into this family, right? Like she wants to be welcome and she wants to have a nice dinner and, you know, have a good time and all that. But I also think that Brenda struggles and she, the, the chaos within her, the boredom within her, I think for her, the worst thing that this could be was like, is like boring. Well, maybe one is like it being a disaster. And then like maybe a slightly higher up wrong would be like for this to be boring and the way that she probably baits Nate into like, you know, performing oral sex, like I don't, it does. We we don't see the scene, but like I don't get the sense that it was Nate's idea. You know, it's like yeah. very clearly Brenda's idea. And I think this with her, she's kind of fighting uh, this internal battle, right? Like the angel and the devil on her shoulders of like. 
I could have so much fun. I have him wrapped around my little finger and she gets off on this like power dynamic of just being able to assess people and clock them and fully understand them and psychobabble them, right? And just like run circles around them. But then she wants to make up for it. She gets Ruth the the bath scrubs later. Like, I think she wants to have this quote unquote normal, healthy relationship, but she doesn't always know how. I mean, that I, that's definitely possible. I mean, it does feel like it could be some sort of extension of these mind games and maybe like a power struggle with Ruth to be like the 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 main person or the woman in his life. Um, like you have to imagine that like, well, we did hear in the very opening scene of this episode when, um, he- when uh, Brenda and Nate are both being interrogated by Dean Norris, who's Hank Schrader from Breaking Bad. Um, yes, we get to see his beginnings here. Yes, exactly. It's a, he, he looks actually like almost exactly the same as he does in Breaking Bad, even though that was like 15 years later. Uh-huh. Um, but um, yeah, we find out that Nate is very, very good at oral sex. So it's not surprising that Brenda's going to demand uh, to have that uh, to, mm-hmm. to have that experience again as yum. Her, like pre yum as her pre dinner <laughs> her, her pre dinner appetizer. But like she has to fully know when they're just in a open space in mm-hmm. the home, like that that it's a very it's a very distinct possibility that ruth is going to walk in on on them yeah in fact i think she's like counting on it on some level yes that there's something about that ex ex exhibitionist or you know that this is like that this is dangerous um it's it's hotter you know she loves her candles so mm -hmm. this is hotter for her to like the possibility of getting caught like i don't necessarily think that she 100% wants to get caught. It's more that like the possibility that they could makes it more exciting. And if they do get caught, oops, I'll, I'll send her bath scrubs. Oops. Um. Yeah. And then there's like the ensuing extremely awkward meal. I thought that Claire was like very funny in this scene, in this dinner scene. Like she asks Brenda if she flashed her crotch at the cops. Um just like uh like like Do you mean five scene. minutes ago when your mom yeah, she's like I flashed my crotch at your mom <laughs> who thankfully was coming from the more flattering behind angle. Mm. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah this is uh Claire will always just kind of say what's on her mind usually to hilarious effect and uh this is this is no different she mm-hmm. wants to know she wants to know what was that like <laughs> what was that like that sounds so cool it sounds bitching it sounds bitching um but then with like ruth is like trying to make pleasant conversation with brenda like she's asking about her job and like it gets a little bit i mean ruth is not really trying to be pleasant because no. she's, she's like oh you stick you stick needles in people and she's like no i use my thumbs and she's like you stick your thumbs in people. <laughs> Brenda just can't help herself. She's like, yeah. well, not at work. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> These women are not trying to get along. They are not trying to get along. 
until later on as we mm. keep saying brenda brenda shows up with her apparently this bot first of all it is wrapped in a very lovely way like whoever mm -hmm. brenda paid to have that wrap for her like oh, yeah. when brenda crazy. was like shopping at the limited at the mall and she was getting her pink <laughs> All she stopped at Bed Bath and Beyond, and she <laughs> limited. I can't. It's so accurate. She was like, "Oh wait, I have to go to the limited later today. <laughs> I'll also pick up a bath bomb and this really ugly brown pantsuit that I can wear." <laughs> Oh, yeah, 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 Brenda, what's wrong with you? You just can't stop being yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, as we said before, it's not boring. So, no. Brenda, continue to stick your thumb in stick, things. Stick in your random thumb. Things. Stick your thumb in it. Um, um, but, yeah, speaking of uh, Claire, she's just, you know, getting accused left and right of, uh, you know, being an arsonist very, yeah. very casually. Well, by we called this out in the last episode it's like mm. everybody's starting to realize oh wait there's like been a child living in this house that's extremely disturbed perhaps the kids are not all right no they're uh, not and the one kid is just herself it's mm. it's claire and you know they she got to have her 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 sweet moment with keith there's i believe there's an argument to be made that keith has made a better effort a more mm -hmm. A, a better a good faith effort to get to know claire than we have seen any of these other characters actually put in the effort and um nate tries to like like okay oh nate's terrible you can see it he's like approaching the couch and he's like okay okay i'm gonna play it really cool like i'm not gonna like upset her like you know uh throw her off whatever and then he's like did you do it <laughs> Yeah, he's sort of like, are you okay? And then she's like, no, um, my pimp is pushing me to do more tricks that he took away my smack. And I was like, "This Claire is very, very funny here. And I get it, like, you know, Nate, and then Nate just calls her a bitch. And it's like, Nate, like, you have to really try. Like, of course, she's going to be sarcastic and deflect because she's a teenager. Um, we see in this scene, like, in this episode, she, you know, she sort of like flirts and makes eyes at one of the members of Paco's gang. And then they go into the like morgue area into the, the I don't even know what that room is called, Ariel. Does that have a name, the place where they prep the bodies? Uh, the downstairs in the basement. Yeah. Um, no, I was going to say the viewing room, but that's we'll call it the basement. Like she goes it's in the, the basement, the base. She goes into the basement with this guy and they smoke pot. And that's where he like sort of gives like Claire like this kind of confrontation like you think that you're like this really tough bitch because you take severed feet to school or whatever but mm -hmm. like you don't know shit and it's like and this does really like seem to have an impact on Claire that maybe like she isn't as tough as she thinks she is but I think mm -hmm. Claire is like very much trying to figure out who she is right now like she does she she maybe has this history of being a misfit she lost her father. She obviously doesn't have a lot of guidance about the future, except now she feels like she has to go to college, but she hadn't thought about it before. Like she doesn't have a guiding light. And I think that in this episode, we see that she's really attracted to this idea of just kind of going into this like more wild sort of, you know, 
doing drugs, getting mixed up in trouble. Like maybe I'll go and like have this new gang boyfriend or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like she's, she's, she's kind of trying to figure out what her path forward looks like. And, you know, this, at least in this one character, he's like, you're not really cut out for this. You're not as tough as you think you are. So mm -hmm. um, it's, Without, you know, without having some sort of like positive force guiding Claire, I think that, you know, things are um, could go in a lot of different ways for our, our, our sweet little Claire. Yeah, Claire. Ugh, always worried about Claire. I I love the moment where they find each other, like they see each other across the room and she's like, oh, he's hot. And mm -hmm. she, he's probably thinking, oh, she looks like she's bitching. Yeah. <laughs> But the, I think the most egregious thing he did was throw the joint onto the floor mm. with all the formaldehyde in that drain. I was like, no. Although maybe like the formaldehyde like gets like make you even higher. Wow. Yes. It's going to burn a little brighter. You just did. You just take just a little bit of those lavender yeah. bath bomb salts on there and formaldehyde. And it's like, you got to roll it all together. That's what the kids are doing, Ariel. That's what the kids are doing. The kids are not all right. I, yeah, this. You this take a Tide Pod. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm so glad that's gone. I'm so glad that's left in the past, the Tide Pod craze. I, I think the idea is really interesting of like this, you know, this, uh, this white girl who wants to like seem cool and she's like, yeah, I've done all these things. And this guy would be like, oh yeah, you're You're like very cushion life mm -hmm. that you lead is like not at all my world. And like, you would never survive. And I think there's something, um, there's something yes, like confrontational about it, but also like kind of, at least in his eyes, uh honest about about that fact of like no you think you understand but you actually have have no idea as uh as uh mtv used to say <laughs> i think that her you know we we have heard her say you know i have this thing inside of me and i don't know yeah. i don't know what it is yet but i know it's there and i just have to like figure it out and i think that she feels in her family, she sees all this like repression and and uh, like just lack of growth. Right. And she knows that she what she's looking for is either inside of her or outside of her family. Like she's not going to find it in her family. And I think this idea that she's trying to she's doing all these weird, wacky and hilarious things to kind of like shake loose whatever this thing is inside of her is like a really interesting idea to follow and she she knows that she has to find this thing again whatever it is outside of her comfort zone hopefully that does not include arson but i think you know i for the most part i applaud her trying to like think outside the box and and just and not and clearly she's like at the end of the day she's also just being a teenager i'm not saying like yeah every single action that she's pursuing is like some kind of really calculated uh finding this thing but i think it's a combination of those and she's got all the you know the the hormones flowing so i'm sure that makes it more fun and yeah it's like it's very natural, like it's very adolescent. Like for Claire, she lives in a place that like is death and represents the past. And like, yeah. you know, even like we see in David, like the, his his uh tension within him is like 
have a life with Keith where we meet other people and we go bowling and we do mm -hmm. things or just meet be... David's hot. I mean, meet Keith's hot friends that he yeah, hasn't meet, done yet. Meet the hot gay firefighter and policeman brigade or like stay trapped in this like funeral home where we're stuck in the past trying to live up to what our dead father would have wanted. And I think for Claire, it's like she sees this repression. She's trapped in this place and she's the young one. She's the most like full of life. And there is no outlet for her to channel that in right now. Nobody guiding her that way. So she's finding all of like the typical adolescent ways of acting out, like doing drugs and getting mixed up with the wrong kind of guys. And, you know, so this is, I think, going to be the thing to track with Claire. But all of that said, I do believe that she is not an arsonist. <laughs> Justice for Claire's... Mm -hmm. Uh, reputation. Mm -hmm. She is not an arsonist, and I will be voting for her when she runs. No, I don't know. <laughs> um, um, she should be the president of the family. I would definitely vote for her. Is that an Well, it sounds like there's going to be a new administration in town, Ariel, because we're talking mm -hmm. in this episode about um, like kind of uh, maybe closing the loop on this. Uh, Croner situation. Um, mm -hmm. It does seem like David and Nate are like committed to putting money into this business and standing up to Croner and really reclaiming this, but they can't do it without the crucial input and financial backing of the matriarch of the family, the, the incomparable Ruth Fisher. Mm -hmm. I know what that is, David. Uh, I know what uh, I, I forgot what they were talking about, but I know what that that idea that you're talking about is and interest in all that. I think, um, you know, it is it's noteworthy that this is the first episode that we see Nate in like a suit in like a proper like black suit as far as like a uniform attire for the for the funeral home. Mm. And we see like him trying to step up and, you know, really be a part of the business. And then they both go and talk to their mother who, you know, clearly is very flush with money right now, as we see at the track. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. So they're like, she's clearly hemorrhaging money. Let's put a bucket. Like, let's say, let's say Ruth had like taken a knife mm -hmm. to her bag of money. Right. And just like, put a hole in it they had to stop <laughs> right the, the hemorrhaging of yes the it was like They're a like... negotiation yes. exactly it was an important <laughs> negotiation um yeah it's interesting they 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 kind of like they bring this up they're gonna they want to pitch to ruth like their business plan and she's like oh certainly i don't know anything about that like whatever mm -hmm. you boys think and like yeah and she had said previously i don't need to know everything you can just do it you're the two owners yeah and this is like very much ruth's posture is she like feigns complete ignorance and disinterest in things. And then she tries to like exert her control in certain ways. And mm -hmm. like, because they need her money and they definitely do need her money. Um, Like they have to replace the air conditioner. Like we know that there's other improvements and plans that they want to make. Um, And you definitely have to replace the air conditioner in LA. That would be, you have dead bodies you there. You don't like... want, listen, Nate already did this in like the first or second episode. You do not want the dead no. body to be sitting you either don't. out in the sun or in an old house that's not quite as bitching as it used to be. No. <laughs> and no AC with the body, that's just, 
and and the formaldehyde on the floor with the with the joint. I don't. Yeah, I don't think yeah, so. no, that would be uh, that would that that would not be a good business model. So <laughs> it's like it they need they they need Ruth to finance it, and like Ruth acts as though she's just like you know completely going to be hands off, doesn't know what's going on. She sort of like feigns helplessness. And then we find out that she's not going to give them a loan. She wants to be an investor. So this manipulative control that we see from Ruth is like very important in this family dynamic. And I'm, and this is like definitely planting the seed that we're going to have, obviously the conflicts that we can predict between David and, uh, and, and Nate, like representing these kind of different visions of what they want from the business. And then also, Ruth being in the background, exerting her own sort of passive aggressive manipulation on her sons. Yeah. And this 180 again of like, I don't need to be involved. And then now like, well, if I'm going to be, you know, an angel investor, I would like quarterly report earnings mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, portfolios and binders and yada, yada. I, it's, I, I do like in the sense of, Ruth taking control and being like a an active participant in her life. I like it because we've seen her so much just re so much of her of her character moments is just reacting to her children or reacting to some external news or force. And this is a little bit more of her being like, okay, well, I can use this money for good for my children instead of this like horrible gambling debt that I very easily obviously could accrue and it does say it's a better investment it's than a better, and that just you know what i feel like that's sound advice just like across the board that just seems like the more safe option and obviously like just on the on i i think on the on the maternal side she's happy to help her children period mm. but um she she wants a she wants some kind of say now and now she's deciding you know what mm -hmm. nate came back and really because like i asked him to and i manipulated yeah. him so i will also be involved in the business maybe this is something that i want um yeah i'm not gonna push back though on this being good for any of them though a little bit because like if there's one thing like harder than being enmeshed in a dysfunctional family it's being uh, enmeshed in a dysfunctional family that's also in business together yeah, yeah. no emotionally like, it's very messy emotionally this is very messy and this is like the secret sauce i think of the show is mm -hmm. that this is a show about a dysfunctional family and oh also they're in business together oh and also that business is a funeral home mm -hmm. and like what would actually be best for all of these characters is to disentangle all of mm -hmm. these complicated dual relationships from one another and like live their own lives without you know having this ghost of what they imagine their father want like i go back to what um nate said should have been on his dad's tombstone and it's like sadist mind fucker <laughs> like it's it's this is you know they're all very much still trapped in this premise mm -hmm. of kind of trying to live what they think Nate senior would want to see. And it, and it's like, to this point, I think holding them back. So this is very interesting. Like this is a really important moment that this mm -hmm. episode sort of solidifies that Ruth and, uh, and both of her sons are now in business together. And this stage is set Ariel. 
And the play is not over. No. Uh, I think, yeah, no, I think that's a really, that's a really interesting and, and correct point about like the ways in which family dynamics are really complicated and the way in which like Ruth, ha Ruth specifically, she has the opportunity through Hiram, the hairdresser to, you know, go to Costa Rica, I believe it was, you know, so, but in general, just like live a life mm -hmm. that is not about the funeral home to like actively be leaving the house, which is something that we rarely ever see Ruth do is like, yeah. just leave the house. That's crazy. She loves um, hiking and she loves hiking. She loves hiking, hiking. Literally the whole point of hiking is outdoor space, yeah. wide expanse, like high ceilings because it's outside. Uh, and just like being kind of the literal opposite of like a funeral home where you're like looking down right the whole point of it is like the basement so it's like an opposition to the outside sky i think that the choosing to like re you know in this case it's like reinvest but just like reinvest your time and reinvest your emotions and your the point of your life back into this thing there's like this loop that's being created instead of like living life outside which i think is what claire is pursuing right she doesn't always right. do it in the most healthy way but claire is is moving the investment in a more healthy way her personal time well it's like a ver it's like because she doesn't have any guidance like her way of moving out from the family is like oh gangs and right. like, yeah <laughs> she, she's going through the list so now she maybe after this episode she's crossed out gangs like, yeah. maybe gangs is not the answer arson she tried arson yeah. well, i don't really believe that but that's a good list one arson mm -hmm. and gangs um yeah, Claire, I'm I'm worried about you, but I'm but I'm also it's it's somehow I'm like less worried about Claire than I am Ruth. Certainly after like mm -hmm. this this decision, as you as you pointed out, um, yeah, Brenda, I never get tired of of monitoring Brenda's games and the and now her candle. Yeah, research. so we'll see yeah. how well, uh, this nets out for her. Definitely seems like Nate is sort of on to her. Like, uh, like he seems concerned when he when he notices he notices the candles. He's like, wait, did it? Wasn't there just a big fire? And then wait, didn't she say that she would have like done anything for Nathaniel, who's like not you, totally different Nathaniel. Different. Yeah, we did get that tease last episode of like, yeah. uh, I I would have done anything for him. Like, oh God, what does that even mean? Um, about this other person, but uh, yeah, Nate. Nate has like he almost falls into the candles uh, when he's having like this like head rush moment of uh, of of realizing the candles may point to arson, <laughs> which is very on the nose, but also like completely understandable. Um, and uh yeah so we'll have to see we'll have to see okay. the case of the the case of the arson to your point mm -hmm. i don't even remember if they ever like really reveal it oh, but, yeah I don't, um, I don't know i just realized that um that when brenda was at the mall she also went to yankee candle and that's why she has so many candles a lot of vanilla probably mm -hmm. a lot of yes. like she she loves lavender so she probably got some lavender candles yeah. to go with the scrub the bath scrub <laughs> So yeah, justice for the limited. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I think that's episode four. Any other familia stuff we need to talk about? 
I think we, I think that we covered it. We got to all of the different shops at the mall. Of course, we got, we went to Claire's, one of my favorites. But um... Claire's, uh, do you think she got her ears pierced? Her ears pierced at Claire's. Oh that my goodness! Didn't we all? Didn't yeah. we all? That's that's how it goes. That that's history. That's just history. I don't know mm-hmm. what to tell you, kids. Just, just facts. Um, well, we'll be back in a few days, back with episode five. I know that you can uh stay subscribed to all of our podcasts. Pusherrecaps.com slash subscribe is the main page. And if you want the ad-free tomfoolery experience, mm-hmm. uh patreon.com slash post show recaps is the website for that we will be back with episode five an open book and until that where can people keep up with everything that you're doing ariel i am on twitter at that other ariel always retweeting what i'm covering uh covering movies every week with grace push recaps theater covering Tales from the Loop, which is ending this week with Rich and Grace. And uh, there's probably something else. Oh, yes. And we had a Grey's Anatomy uh, pod that we recorded this week, which is now out myself and Chappelle. And we had our first guest, Jess Sterling. We did a doctor draft that was super fun and ridiculous. Did you get um, the doctors that you wanted? I got one of, yeah. I, I made like a really big mistake. I, it was my first ever draft. So like I went all oh. in on my number one. And then I completely forgot, as dumb as that sounds, about my number two. So I was like feeling deep regret and shame. But I think I got through it. Um. Well, that's that's great. I'm happy for you that you got your number one doctor in your doctor draft. I'll have to listen so I know who it is. Um, mm-hmm. And um, you can also keep up with everything that I'm doing at Twitter, where I am at Dr. Amanda R. I'm covering the curse, the Nathan Fielder, Benny Zafi show, a scripted show that is now airing on Showtime with Grace Leader. That's a lot of fun. I'm also covering lessons in chemistry with dr melissa that's the apple tv plus show starring brie larson um melissa and i have been having a a really lots of thoughtful conversations about that show so if you are interested um please do check that out and uh, you can also listen to my best last and final pod covering the entertainment strikes on strike up the conversation um So, Ariel, we will be back in a few days with episode five of Six Feet Under, an open book. And until then, dear listeners, rest in Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. 
Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.